When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thanks for listening to the Lakers Fast Break Podcast, part of the Hoopheads Podcast Network. Check out all their awesome basketball shows today at hoopheadspod.com. another episode of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. It's Jared Glassford coming right back at you here from Lakers Fast Break. Pop Culture Cosmos, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and Game Source. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our shows. And if you can, please give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Plus, if you can like, share, subscribe, follow, or do anything that you can to support us right here at the Lakers Fast Break, Lakerholics.com. And also, as well, the great medium.com site, basketball-university, it is sincerely appreciated. And I want to wish every, actually, I want to go ahead and wish all the fathers out there a happy Father's Day. And if you didn't get the Father's Day gift that you were expecting, and this always makes Tom chuckle, I'm going to go ahead and tell you that we still have the deal going on. If you type in the word fast break, all as one word, at manscaped.com you will get 20 percent off plus free shipping for anything on their site that's right anything at manscaped.com type in the code fast break all one word and you will get 20 percent off plus free shipping from our friends at manscaped.com and of course the awesome folks at the hoop heads podcast network a lot of in the books already in regards to the nba playoffs we are going to be discussing, for the most part today, trade targets, but I want to get the NBA playoffs update out of the way. Earlier today, the Western Conference Finals, which the Lakers should be there, hint, hint, but unfortunately they are not. The Clippers are there after a miraculous second half in Game 7. It was just truly tremendous to see. Actually, Game 6. It was just truly tremendous to see against Utah. I saw that firsthand, and it was you could almost be, as a Lakers fan, happy, happy for them, you know, after the years of failure, because it's so cute that they'll be able to hang up that Western Conference Finals banner next to the 17 World Championships that the Lakers have. It'd be so cute right there for you. Oh, it's so cute. Oh, look at that little banner. It's so cute. But yes, they, they did play Phoenix in game one of the Western Conference Finals, and Phoenix did pull away with a very narrow victory. 120 to 114. It was actually, to me, very surprising that the Clippers stayed this close coming off that very emotional win on Friday. When here with me today to talk about the games are three great guests indeed. And thank you so much, Albert Taquero, for the thumbs up on Facebook. We truly appreciate it. But first up, 
since he was here first, is the mastermind behind Lakerholics.com. It is Laker Tom. And Laker Tom, before we get into Trader Tom and put that trading hat on, or free agent hat, as we like to say here, I want to ask your thoughts on the Clippers. I know you're not a big fan. Neither am I. I still remember the days I stopped it at the sports arena and used to laugh at their potential drafts each and every year. But I want to hear your thoughts on the Clippers. Do you think they can make a series out of it without Kawhi Leonard? Yeah, I think they can. Paul George has been playing terrific. Um, all of the criticism that he's taken and so forth, you can't deny that the guy is uh, an immensely talented basketball player. Um, and, uh, man, where the hell did Terrence Mann come from? Second um, round. Lakers wow. could have got him. Jeez, that kid looks really, really good. Jackson can't seem to miss a clutch shot. Morris can't seem to miss a clutch shot. They were, the best, they, well were the, they were the best three-point shooting and best free-throw shooting team in the league this year. Yeah. And that makes them hard to beat, you know. And George is determined to take this as an opportunity without Kawhi sharing the limelight to put all of his previous failures to rest. So I, I, I think it's going to be a seven-game series. I think that the... Uh, I'm hoping and I think that the Suns will prevail. I do think that the big reason that they'll prevail is probably going to be Aiton. Uh, I think he's going to be too much for them to handle. But it's going to be a great series. And there's nothing better than a weekend to happen to have the Yankees win, the Clippers lose, and the Nets lose. You know, those are second best things to the Lakers winning and being still in the playoffs. But I'll take them any day of the week. It would just be horrible to have the Lakers not be in these playoffs and to have a finals that was the Nets and Clippers. That that would be like my nightmare scenario. So fortunately that's not gonna happen. Um, um I do like I do I do like the uh the way that the Suns have really grown. Um and especially when you have a game like this and you don't have Chris Paul in the lineup. Um to see the way that they held themselves together and and played really well, uh, made the clutch shots when they had to, constantly answered the bell every time that every time every time the Clippers would try to close that that gap down and and even at the last where they were playoff rondo came in there and hit a couple of threes to to turn it into a real close game. So it's Boogie uh, Cousins played well in the first half. Yeah. I I would have preferred us to have cousins rather than uh rather than Drummond, but uh, hopefully that will be an issue that uh, we'll discuss in the next few minutes. Absolutely. We'll take a look at that indeed. But in the East Coast? On the uh, and East Coast, uh, man, I was really happy to see see the Nets go down. Um, that was a terrific game. It was. Uh, I'm, I'm happy for Giannis. To, he didn't take a three in the entire game. He attacked the basket relentlessly. He did take a three. He was the previous game. He didn't take a three. Yeah. I'm glad to see him get the monkey off their back. I've never had anything against Giannis, and I've never had anything against the Bucks as a team. You know, I, I don't know whether we're really at an inflection point or whether we're just coming out of two COVID-influenced, unprecedented playoff situations, but it does seem like there's a lot of teams getting monkeys off their backs, and there's a lot of a lot of new, new young, talented players exerting themselves in the opportunities that they're getting in the playoffs this year. Um, so, you know, maybe the league is, you know, maybe the league is hitting a corner where we're seeing a lot of the new young talent start to take over and show that they can, 
that they've reached a mature enough level that they can compete for the championship. So we'll see what happens there, but it is Milwaukee upending the Brooklyn Nets, the injured Brooklyn Nets. Funny, they've got a similar thing to what we saw in L.A. with the Lakers. And fortunately for the Brooklyn Nets, they go home, they go they go fishing this summer because they've got an early summer packed indeed. But with us today is a good man indeed. you got to go ahead and check what he's doing out at medium.com at Basketball University. That's basketball-university on Medium. It is Spencer Young. And Spencer, there is also a game that's going to be finishing out tonight with Philadelphia and Atlanta, Game 7. Your thoughts heading into the Eastern Conference this week? You know, in Game 6, I think Embiid was getting fouled a lot and he didn't get free throws until the fourth quarter. That's more of an anomaly than anything else. In the conference finals, uh, the Bucks are pretty much the perfect foil to the Sixers. Yeah. So, so you can't you can't expect Seth Curry to go off for thirty points each and every game. I don't know. Maybe you can. He's averaging like what twenty two or so. Yeah, that's true. Maybe, maybe. But you know, there's another person that the Lakers could have got. But we won't. We won't. Uh, <laughs> anyway, just keeps going back to the Lakers had all these chances to go ahead and get these players. But we'll you know we'll talk about that at a different point in time. But Spencer, great to have you here. I am so upset with the refs that they just don't call the 10-second rule. I'm, you know, If that's the case and you're giving Giannis 13, 14 seconds each and every time out, they need to start calling that. And if that's the case and they don't, like they're not, then they need to do that same thing for every other NBA player. Because if they call that on someone else, you just like, just point to Giannis Antetokounmpo and say, you know what? He's getting a favoritism if that's the case. You know, that's that's very shameful that he it takes him a continuously 12, 13, 14 seconds each and every time out. So, uh, you know, hopefully we will not continue to see that, but I have a feeling we will because it is so much in his head and also Ben Simmons as well as far as their free throw shooting. So I think maybe we'll see as far as the chess match is concerned, who will uh, get to the free throw line more and who will suffer at the free throw line more. But here today to talk about what's going on with the Lakers and a little bit when it concerns the NBA playoffs is also our Canadian friend. He is the magic man, Sean Grice. Sean Grice, we say goodbye to Nina. My daughter was very upset that Nina is no longer a part of the Lakers machine as the head trainer. Her contract was not renewed, so I'm very disappointed to hear that. But your thoughts so far on the NBA playoffs? Yeah, Gerald, we'll see where the Lakers go in that direction. Hopefully they spend a little bit of moolah from the uh, um, big cash cow they got with uh, the TV contract because we need a change there. Um, as far as the playoffs go, I'm I'm with you, man. I I loved the the game seven, but the officiating was just so awful. It, it really it really sludged up what otherwise was you know at times beautiful basketball. I mean, the '97 Drew Holiday show in that game was huge, and. Mitty struggled on the road for the first three and a half games. And I posted I posted a meme of, I think it was like a SpongeBob character choking on some water because he was having such a terrible, like three and a half quarter. And then one shot goes in, two shots goes in, three shots go in. And I hit delete and 
My bad, because he showed up as well. The Bucks are going to be a difficult team for anybody to defeat four out of seven times. They just they can throw a lot of perimeter looks at you. Um, they can go ISO defensively. Drew Holiday is a pretty good ISO defender. Giannis is. Um, I think Philly is just, if Philly wins tonight, they're going to have a very difficult time. I think Brooke Lopez could be an X factor there because if you just put him in the paint to guard Embiid, Embiid's not shooting threes because, well, face it, they're going to find a way to pick on Ben Simmons and try and get him out on the perimeter as much as they can. I think Lopez could eat them alive uh, from the three-point line. I really do. And um, as far as the West goes, we'll see how we'll see how it shakes out. I'm with you, Jerry. I, I think Phoenix is just a little more prepared than the Clippers are from a defensive perspective. Even with Paul George and Morris shooting lights out, it's going to be very difficult for the Clippers to win that that series if you don't have a Kawhi Leonard to put on Booker. He st- he stopped Giannis. You put him on pretty much anybody, and he'll put them on an island, and you'll be you'll be locked down. So I think they're gonna have a difficult time. So I I think it right now if I put a bet on it, it'd be just something the box in the NBA Finals. Well, there you have it. So we'll go ahead and give you updates continuously right here at the Lakers Fast Break. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com. And you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. I know you've been hearing about Manscaped on all those other programs and podcasts. Well, Manscaped and the Hoopheads Podcast Network are working together on something fantastic. And oh my goodness, have we got a deal for you. Manscaped.com has just released their wireless, waterproof, and rechargeable Lawnmower 4.0, which offers their trademark skin-safe replaceable blades that gets you the ultra-close shave exactly where you need it. Head on over to Manscaped.com and choose from the huge list of men's grooming and lifestyle products, including the ultra-popular Lawnmower 4.0 Body Groomer, and get 20% off at Manscaped plus free shipping with the promo code FASTBREAK at manscaped.com. That's right, just type in FASTBREAK, all one word at checkout, at Manscaped, and get ready to start looking good this summer from your friends at Manscaped, the Hoopheads Podcast Network, and the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. I will be back on Wednesday with my good friend, Mr. Rafael Barlow. We'll be taping a show Wednesday afternoon. We'll talk about the winners and losers of the NBA lottery and also an NBA playoff update right here at the Lakers Fast Break. So look for that Wednesday night, Thursday morning for everybody listening out there. But for today's show, wanted to go ahead and talk a little bit more about the Lakers once again. We had to delay our conversation because there was so much NBA madness going on last week. And we didn't even cover Scott Brooks leaving. Rick Carlisle is gone from Dallas. There's continuously a lot of NBA news out there. So... We'll have to wait and see what happens going forward with all the NBA craziness in the front offices and also as well the coaching maneuvers and the coaching vacancies that are out there. So we're going to have to keep an eye on what's going on with that because obviously it's going to be very interesting to say the least this summer in that respect. But for the Lakers, an organization that's right now a little bit more stable, 
We couldn't say that in years past when they were losing every year. But right now we can, coming off the championship in 2020 and a season where it did underwhelm, but still a lot of it can be pointed to injuries. So I want to start with you, Spencer, first off. Let's say you're in the big boardroom right now. Rob Palenka is looking right at you, and you have your list ready. Potential targets, free agent or trade, who would you be interested and why? Okay, so I think I would have to start with Kyle Lowry just because I think not trading for him has to be like the number one regret for this past season. Trading for him would and would require like a double sign trade and the salary cap would get really complicated. And so based on the Lakers cap situation, I think outside of that, you might look to trade Kuzma for a for like a Terrence Ross or maybe Robert Covington if Portland is desperate. I think you need like a definitive upgrade at the wing position because Kuzma does a lot of things decently well but he's not really elite as a defender or a shooter i think he got the message that you're taking because he took recently off of his instagram the lakers part of coos so yes i think he gets the message yeah yeah i think and he's 25 he's scored 18 a game previously so i think he's probably outside of re-signing tht and trading him he's probably the lakers best tradable asset right now very good. But when it comes to THT, an individual who has been all over the place, it's always a roller coaster ride with him because of his youth at 20, still only 20 years old. With him, I see uh, developing into a good player. I don't know if I see that next step to evolving into a great player, but there is the potential there of him being a good scorer and a good player in the league and a big contributor. I still see his finishing. He still needs to work on that. His finishing around the rim, he looks – he's like that guy that it's great until you go ahead and look at it up close, and then you start seeing all the, the errors that are there. I mean, he looks great halfway going down the lane, and every all, he starts making his moves, and he starts moving around. He starts shifting his whole body around, and then he misses the shot. We saw this constantly time and time again where he – it's like three-quarters of the way done except for finishing the shot. So I want to hear your thoughts on THT. I know re-signing him is a priority, but would trading him be a priority as well? Yeah, so I think THT, part of the reason you have to keep him, like, I know obviously his finishing's frustrating, but with skill development, I think with his athleticism and some of the moves he's, like, he's putting on at 20 years old, on a contending team, you can't really teach those skills. I think if he like develops a left hand, his finishing would like skyrocket. I'd say. And then as far as trading him, I think if you don't re-sign him to a pretty like market value deal, and some team throws out what's called a poison pill contract and tries to backload the last two years of say a four-year contract, I think you would look into trading him because you're not going to be wanting to pay THT max money at the same time you're trying to maybe re-sign LeBron James to the last two seasons of his career, per se. Very astute indeed. Once again, it's Spencer Young. You got to check out what he's doing at medium.com slash basketball dash university. He's got some great articles there that you need to go ahead and check out. 
Also a man who's familiar with medium.com is Laker Tom. And Laker Tom, we all know it's this time of the year where you get on that Lakers trading hat. Trader Tom is in the house and you rile up the internet and you rile up social media like none other. And in fact, you actually rile up Lakerholics.com and get them started with all your trade talk. But this year has been off to a decent start. And it actually, a lot of people agree with you, like Spencer, that Kyle Lowry should be a very, very high target on that list. Well, I just did an article for Medium and, and Lakerholics talking about the Lakers need a starting point guard, shooting guard, and center, and uh, which one would you prioritize? My top choice for uh, starting point guard, obviously, is Kyle Lowry. Just based upon the history that I agree with Spencer 100% that this was this was the major mulligan that the Lakers really would like to do over this summer and somehow bring... bring uh, Lowry into the fold. He's apparently looking for a two-year, $50 million deal. I think that's something that the Lakers could do. I checked the stats and numbers. Uh, the biggest problem, obviously, for the Lakers is that they are a little short on trading assets. They really only have two players under contract with movable contracts that that have any substance, and that's KCP and, and Kyle, uh, uh, Kyle Kuzma. Uh, both of them on $13 million multi-year contracts. You don't want other to throw that, in the wall, dang? <laughs> well, other than that, the Lakers really don't have a lot of contracts that can match to match salaries, which creates a problem. Then the other problem they have is that uh, a, a lot of their players are free agents. And when they're free agents, they basically, you know, those are players that the Lakers in some cases have bird rights to sign. In some cases, they don't. In some cases, like, THT, they're, they're a restricted free agent where they have a right to match it. But the problem is, is that uh, it's hard to trade those guys unless you get somebody else to agree to a sign and trade. And then a lot of the players that the Lakers are looking for, especially at the point guard position, are free agents, which means that the Lakers would have to be one of those teams to trade for a sign and trade. And when you, when you receive a player in a sign and trade, you hard cap the team at a you know, little under $140 million in salary and the Lakers basically would be able to bring in, let's say, for example, if they wanted to get Kyle Lowry, who's uh, I think Lowry right now is making 30 million. And so if he's asked for a $25 million a year, two year, a two year contract at $25 million a year, the Lakers are going to basically have enough money so that they could sign him to that deal, be able to maybe give THT, 10 million and maybe Caruso 5 million and still be under the hard cap other than Caruso or other than uh, Lowry. Uh, I, I again, turned to the same thing Spencer did that where, where, where did we have interest in the past? And the other guy that we were trying to get in the past was Buddy Heal and Kyle Kuzma obviously was a player that Sacramento wants to get and Sacramento, despite uh, Gerald's insistence that they fire Luke Walton, um, don't want to pay two coaches at the same time, apparently. So it looks like Luke is going to continue on. on. Great, your favorite coach, my friend. Keep and on having Kyle Kuzma's best year was when he played for Luke Walton. So yeah, well, I, tell him. You he know, I, play, so I think Buddy Heald he is probably Buddy Heald is probably the second person that I would be looking to try to acquire for the Lakers. Uh, the good thing about Buddy is he takes ten threes a game and makes forty percent of them. That's exactly the kind of high-volume, high-percentage three-point shooting that the Lakers need 
in order to be a team that is a modern team that actually can score more on the three-point line than they allow. Uh, right now, we generally wash out at, at like a minus one or two points when we compare the threes that we make versus the threes that we allow. The third area that I think is the third starter is the center position. And this is really one of the things that we probably should spend some time talking about because the Lakers have taken a position publicly that they want to bring back Andre Drummond. The only way that they can bring back Drummond is by signing him with their MLE. If they're a taxpayer, they'll get a, that means he could give him nine and a half million. If they're a, if they're a non-taxpayer, if they're a taxpayer, that means they could only give him six million. And apparently they are, feel that they have some interest in Drummond believing that this is a spot for him in the future playing with the Lakers. I know I'm preaching to the choir, at least as far as Sean and uh, everybody at Lakerholics knows. We're not fans of Drummond, and we feel that despite his ability to rebound and his age and athleticism and so forth, he's he just doesn't fit the mold of a modern center, either on the offensive end or the defensive end. I mean, offensively, you want a guy who can stretch the floor and finish on lobs and dunks. That's not Andre. Defensively, you want a guy who can protect the rim and be able to get out there and make the right switches and rotations on smaller players. And again, unfortunately, that's not Andre. It's very hard for the Lakers to probably get anybody like Kyle Lowry or Buddy Heald or C.J. McCollum or, you know, guys that are in the higher echelon, Chris Paul, for example, that's going to take so much assets and that and the Lakers don't have those those big salaries that they can lump together and make those types of trades. And then they so they're stuck with the MLE and maybe two possible trades to bring in those three starters that they need. If they go for a superstar, it just overly complicates it because that means all they have left is the MLE to use. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Hey, hoopheads, we all hate ankle sprains, and they happen way too often. Ankle injuries are the number one sports-related injury. Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game. Don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com, spelled A-R-Y-S-E, and use the code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off the future of performance. That's A-R-Y-S-E.com with promo code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off. Somebody that has intrigued both of us, and we'll get to Miles Turner here in a second, uh, somebody that has intrigued both of us, who did play good defense a couple years ago. This year he was absolutely horrid, was Kristaps Porzingis, who might be headed out of town in Dallas, especially you know, among the all the disarray that's going on there in the front office. Could this be a time where Rob Palenka maybe takes advantage of that and brings Kristaps as a number three? The burden wouldn't be on him to score or play defense at the level that he would need to during the course of the year, 
but could be somebody, if he's motivated and plays well enough, could be an excellent number three alongside Anthony Davis. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. He's on my list of four centers that I would go after. He's third on the list. You know, I was one of those people that when was just amazed at that video that Porzingis did right when before the draft happened. And I mean, he must have taken 100 shots on on this like five-minute video and made 90 of them from everywhere, from every angle and so forth. And I've always been a big believer that, especially with LeBron James and Anthony Davis, you need a you need a stretch five center. You need somebody who can really open up the middle and, and allow a lot more space for people to drive, especially when you have players like, in, in addition to LeBron and AD, you've got you've got guys who would basically have to be able to get to the rim in order to be effective in THT uh, and in Schroeder. Both of them need to basically attack the rim. So if you clog up the middle against the Lakers, you really take away almost 75% of their offense, which is why we need three-point shooters and why we need a stretch five center. So I like the idea of going after Porzingis. I think that playing for Frank Vogel, I think Frank Vogel could get him to be the kind of defender that a seven four guy with you know with long length long arms like Kristaps should be able to be an elite rim protector and should be good enough on the perimeter to at least be able to challenge people's shots. You know when you're that tall and you've got that kind of length, it can be hard for guards to shoot over you. From yeah, but still you have the point where Rudy Gobert, the defensive player of the year, got ridiculously snuffed by. Man from the Clippers. In fact, you know, man from the Clippers in that game, game six against Utah, scored 30 of his 39 against Gobert, one of the best centers supposedly out there in the league defensively. So, Magic Man, I give you this. I mean, if we went for a big center like that, that would be great, but still, you would leave your problems out there on the perimeter, especially if they go five up where they don't have a traditional center out there. Could a Miles Turner option be in order? That could be in the cards, Gerald. Indy's got a lot of decisions to make. I think I agree with you. I, I you intimated they would be a, a team that would be trade friendly during the off season. They have a couple of guys on uh, middling contracts. They also have a couple of guys who maybe change scenery. Uh, I definitely think Miles would upgrade us offensively and defensively. Just simplistically, he just gives the Lakers a bit of an edge defensively, and he gives them off cushioning um, <clears throat> with uh, AD and LeBron on the floor. Um, I don't think we'd be at the top of minutes to trade with. Um, but it all depends on, you know, how the dominoes fall. Maybe the dominoes fall a certain way where Kevin Percher picks up the phone and says, hey, Rob, care to discuss a deal here? And I'm sure Rob would jump at the chance. I just don't see it happening, unfortunately. Um, as far as – I'm not sure what we're going to do uh, trade-wise, Gerald. Um, it's kind of a funny uh, offseason right now. Um, I do think Kyle is gone, and I do agree with uh, Spencer and Tom. I like Buddy Heald. I think he would, again, give the, the offense a punch. Um, if Domino fell where you got 
body heal or you got a scoring combo guard. It's really interesting the offseason. A, a name I would look out for if I was a Laker fan for the, the biannual exception, because I think we're going to be hard-capped again, is DeMar DeRozan. We, don't, we can't use that this year because we used it last year, Sean. Can't use it in successive really? years. Yeah. Oh that's why it's called the biannual. That's, that, that's what the buy comes from. Yeah, that's terrible. So, okay. So we used it on West Matthews last year, so we're not eligible to use yeah, it this I year. I would have... See, he, he'd be willing to take a discount to come back to Los Angeles to play for the Lakers. And he, it's pretty much one of the only teams to be willing to do that. So it's disappointing. They could split the MLE up yeah, but between think, multiple players. Tom, what do you think about a guy like Jermichael Green? I think Jermichael it'd be great. Jermichael Green is uh, exactly, he, uh, I think he's going to opt out of his contract in Denver. And I think if you slotted him um, with the Lakers, that would be a great uh, one-two punch with him and AD out there. Uh, I'm not sure how it would work defensively, but offensively, that's re- that's really a, a, a nice duo. Um, I, but, see, man, I think we need to go, like, a guy with that MLE, like the full NMLE, or you go with a guy like Lou Williams or, or you offer it to Spencer Dinwiddie. I don't think Dinwiddie would take it. Those are the two guards if I was Rob. Well, actually, let me ask you this, because Dinwiddie is, is again, coming off an ACL and also as well, not a great shooter from out distance. So that's the problems I have with him, even though he's a great playmaker and can also create a lot of shots for himself, plus get to the line. Advanced analytics love him, Gerald. The last three seasons, he's been top five in, uh, like, the hockey assists doesn't get an assist, he gets an assist off the assist. He is not a defensive liability necessarily. He's a he's pretty big. He's long. We don't know what the after knee really, injuries. Remember, he's had injuries. He's had an ACL tear now to both knees, not just partial, one, both knees. Partial. It was a he's partial. had an ACL tear. Partial, whatever you want to say, is still a tear. A tear is still a tear, my friend. Knee problems are well, knee it, problems. It, it, no, no, I, I definitely agree, but but a partial tear is better than a full tear, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, <laughs> all right. Spencer, I want to ask you this. The trade season has already kicked up with Oklahoma City getting, or I should say being traded to Oklahoma City, was Kemba Walker. Uh, Boston, I guess, uh, feeling some remorse because of the injury-laden career in the past two years for Kemba Walker. Kemba really wanted to sign with Boston, and for his turn two years later, he's kicked out the door and sent to in a package for a first-round pick along with uh, some other stuff as far as I think a later second-rounder. And then also as well coming back in the deal is Al Horford, Moses Brown, who I really like. He's a big man, and also as well another second-rounder as well. I want to hear your thoughts on Kemba Walker with SGA already there. Shea Gilgis Alexander already doing a tremendous job as your point guard of the future. I don't think he's going to be long unless he wants to collect it full max. I mean, Al Horford showed he wanted, he didn't want to go ahead and have a buyout and have a reduction of any kind. So he, they basically sat him out for the, for 30 games this season. I, you could either see the same thing there, or you could see maybe a parting of the ways real quickly. If that happens, could the Lakers be an answer? Well, 
I think I would be hesitant to pull a trade for Kemba Walker because, I mean, so Brad Stevens is now the GM, right? And mm-hmm. he's been coaching Kemba Walker for two years. And so that, <laughs> you know, the fact that he traded him so fast kind of signals something about his knee problems. I think it's kind of similar to when um, Danny Ainge traded Isaiah Thomas to Cleveland. Like, he knows the extent to which Isaiah Thomas's hip could, like, derail his career. I think Brad Stevens kind of knows the same thing. He's been coaching him on a day-to-day basis. He knows from game to game you're going to get – you might get, like, one vintage Kemba Walker game, but then for the rest of the week you're going to get a guy who struggles to create offense. So – that I think for the Lakers, I would be pretty hesitant. And he also makes a lot of money. So if you're giving up two rotation pieces for a point guard, you might have to load manage potentially or risk, you know, like re-aggravating a knee problem. I think that's pretty worrisome. And I wouldn't trade for him. But Kyle Lowry is going to be definitely a harder get now than he was at the trade deadline because there's going to be several teams after him now, not just the Lakers and Miami, as what was reported at the trade deadline show that Laker Tom and I did to to such great success. So let's say we can't get Kyle Lowry. Who would we target next as a ball handler? Because that's something of dire need for us as a, a secondary ball handler someone who can create offense for the team, someone who can actually push the ball. I, I love Schroeder, but unfortunately with Schroeder, the, one of his deals is he loves to play the slow game and then drive on you. And the thing was he never pushed the ball up. And I think that was one of the things I was missing this season was the Lakers' continual reliance on defense and fast breaking. I think that's what won them the championship in the bubble. This was defense and a pace that they kept on going ahead and pushing the ball up the court. Your thoughts on somebody that could get that second spot as far as a ball handler is concerned? Well, I'm not totally against re-signing Schroeder as long. I would put him on the bench, and if you re-sign Caruso, I would start Caruso. But if you need to make a trade, I think the Pacers have like a $120 million cap sheet, and obviously it's in Indiana. Um, their owners are going to be a lot more stingy. With money, so if you targeted Malcolm Brogdon, I think that would be a perfect fit. Um, he's a two-way guard; he can shoot, he can push. He has injury concerns, but I mean, for the Lakers, that if you manage those injury concerns, that's actually to your benefit because it. These days, who doesn't have injury concerns? So that kind of lowers his trade value, and that's why Milwaukee actually let him go in the first place. So yeah, I think Malcolm Brogdon might be a perfect point guard target if you can work out a trade for him, obviously. Well, I'm hoping that that's the case. I guess he's always been a prolific shooter, and I think he can run an offense very efficiently, and he was a rookie of the year. So I think that he has provided Indiana with good stability, but they obviously, if they want, look into something more. But you're right. You know, when they're having that type of cap, for them, as a smaller organization, more reliant on a lot of other things outside of that in order to go ahead and turn a profit than the Lakers, yeah, they might be willing to unload a player like Malcolm Brogdon, and that would be a good get for the Lakers because I think having someone with the capabilities of being a 50-40-90 player just boosts your overall status as a team and 
uh, somebody that could play on the floor with or without the ball with LeBron, I think would be a tremendous get. We'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. People are just losing their minds trying to consume Marvel products right now, and I don't blame them. This is some of the best entertainment you can get on TV and big screen right now. If something's going to be successful or not, they look at the mentions, they look at the likes, they look at the retweets and the tweets and the subtweets and the tweet tweets, and they look at all of that to say, okay, this is actually going to garner a lot of attention. Is it going to be enough, though? I think the fish out of water syndrome might be enough for somebody like us because it's going to be hilarious to watch two stoner kids we saw barely make it through high school now live in a society that they fully don't understand because they've been stuck in a decade and never came out of it. Facebook stars, not ninja stars, okay? I know how some people take things literally. So don't throw ninja stars at us, but like the Facebook stars, click on those. That's what we want. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. Laker Tom, I, I want to go into shoot into wings now, or unless you want to stay with ball handlers, your thoughts on the wings, because I think the Lakers are in dire need of a just some type of athletic wing that can go ahead and shoot consistently from the outside. Your thoughts on possibly getting someone. I mean, I know you mentioned Buddy Heald, and he would be great as a shooting guard, but is there someone that might be able to fill that small forward spot as well? You know, just traditional, because if you have – LeBron at your as your quote unquote point guard, who would you think might be a good wing for the Lakers to get? Well, I actually think getting a wing is probably going to be one of the hardest things to do because there is a shortage of them. And we're talking about our number one trade target being the only wing we really have on the team, which is really Kuzma, um, who's who's really upped his game defensively and and being able to cover a lot of different styles of players you know he he can pretty much guard the one to four situation and most of the time I actually don't prioritize getting a wing you know I mean I think that there's guys that we could pick up as secondary players in a trade and and I think we're going to be looking for veteran minimum veteran contracts when we go for that I think it's much more important that they they look at the starting lineup you know you you've got a shooting guard that's averaged under 10 points the last two games in KCP and who's become hesitant to shoot while he's a good defensive player and a good all around player. If you look at the teams that are in the playoffs now, and you look at the high scorers on every team we face, we run a huge deficit every single game with a shooting guard position. You're running up against the Devin bookers and all of these other players at that position. And we need a guy who can put 20 points per game in there. Who's going to take eight to 10 10 shots and then playmaking. I think that it's all nice and dandy to think that, okay, LeBron James can run, can be the point guard for any team at any age. But the simple reality is that LeBron is getting been injured two of the last three years. He's 36 years old. Now will hit 37 sometime during next season. And you don't, you want him to be able to pick and choose not to be, counted upon to bring the ball up every time to run the offense. I think it it's really an important part of unleashing his potential to get somebody who can really be a playmaker, not only the starting point guard, but I even think the backup point guard. If we could land somebody like McConnell as a backup point guard or somebody who really can contribute, that makes a lot more sense to me to really load up 
in the in the point guard position just because of the value when you look at it you know that's it's it's a valuable position on the lakers because it has such effect remember what happened when we didn't have schroeder for those three games you know and you're missing lebron and schroeder you really are even you know tht becomes your best ball handler at that point in time caruso your second best ball handler and neither one of those guys are really true point guards yeah, I know Spencer mentioned uh, getting bringing Alex Crusoe back. I don't disapprove of that. I think that's a, a good call, but bring him back specifically in a role of a backup or starting shooting guard. Yeah. But I'm more like a backup shooting guard because, like you said, I would love to see someone who could fill it up for 20 points a game. But bringing Alex Caruso as a point guard, asking him to do point guard duties, I think that's why, or part of the reason, one of the reasons why that the Lakers faltered this year is because you're asking him to do something he's not very good at. He's not very he's good at He's a terrible passer. The yeah, terrible passer. Running an offense is not waiting easy. to happen. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Jamie wanted to fight me. I just want to say that even though he's not here. <laughs> great def- great defense. That- great defense and, and just really the kind of glue guy that you need on your team, but Asking him to run your offense was really problematic for him. Last year, he thrived because he knew his role. Last year in the bubble, he really knew what his role was, and it wasn't running the team. That was Rondo. That was you know other right. individuals that were playing, obviously LeBron. But yeah, asking him to do that is something that is not going to be very good. But I'm not sure. Spencer, do you think they'll be able to keep him? Because he's going to be a high-dollar guy out there on the marketplace. I know Laker Tom is poo-pooing on the idea of Cleveland going after him, but I think they're going to. So I think someone's going to throw some uh, over-the-average bucks at Alex Caruso this year. Yeah, I well, I agree because if you're a significant role player on a contending team, you're going to get, you know, roughly like ten to twelve million, and then if you want to lure him away from LA, you're going to pay more than ten to twelve. I think the Lakers can kind of count on a little bit of a discount just because they can offer a role that um, Caruso's proven to thrive in. And obviously in LA, he's getting sponsorships and he's a, he's a role player. Like, like, let's be honest. He should not be getting as many partnerships and sponsorships as he does off the court. Oh, but he's the he's goat, the Spencer, the goat. <laughs> That's the Lakers Twitter, of course, but. You know, um, you, you have to you have to give him credit though. As critical as I've been of of Alex's playmaking and and the like dumb passes where he's got a bad angle pass where he throws a flat pass across there and it gets intercepted every time, um, or tries to tries to throw a pass off of a pick and roll. What's really improved has been his offense. He's really showing now that he's he's attacking the basket a lot more. His three-point shot is this is the best three-point shooting year he's had yet. I do think that he's going to get more money than I think he's worth. But unlike Schroeder, I would pay that more money because I think there are intangibles that Alex brings to the game. But I also think that there are some teams out there that recognize the value that he does bring that doesn't show up on a stat sheet. And I could see, for example, you're talking about Dinwiddie or somebody like that. Alex Caruso could be a very important trading chip for a team like the Nets when they're going after, if you wanted to go after Dinwiddie um, or a team like the Mavs, if you want to go after Porzingis. Tom, he declined his option. Dinwiddie. He declined declined his option. Really? 
Yes. Yeah. I thought its option was only for like twelve million dollars. Yep. Declined it. Mm-hmm. Because with the injury, basically, I, I just that. got I just got done reading an article where they were estimating his trade value or his, his open market value of around ten million. He declined to twelve. I, it said high teens. Hmm. It said high teens. The one I read. It all depends on how much you buy into his recovery as far as yeah. his knee injuries are yeah. concerned. Well, I felt the same as way far, about him as a Laker as as prospect. That I, I don't want a guy. I, I was going to say, as far as wings go, Gerald, I, I agree with Tom and Spencer. I think it's going to be difficult for uh, Rob and the front office to manufacture a, a trade where you get a, a quality wing like a Bradley Beal or a, uh, well, you could get a buddy heel, but I, I really don't think we're in the Bradley Beal sweepstakes. But you mentioned Jermichael kind of Green. Jermichael Green is a is a great uh, – three other wins I had was Carmelo Anthony. I think he'd sign with the Lakers for the vet minimum. That that seems like a fit. Um, you know, That's he, where we get all uh, our bench players should be bench vet, vet minimum. We need to spend the money on the starters. Yeah, um, another guy who could probably be had for the vet minimum if he was interested would be Kenny Smar. He he was previously for the Lakers. He's a streaky three-point shooter. Um, he's a pr- pretty decent defender as well. Um, as far as ballers go, I mean, um, an, I, Doug um, Patty Mills is another guy who's available. I'm not sure what his interest level would be with the Lakers, but that would be an interesting move. Um, Miami, I think, would be if Miami goes all in on Kyle Lowry, they have to move Goran Dragic. So some team might be able to get in and get Goran Dragic from from the Miami Heat. I'll tell you what; it's been great so far talking the potential targets. We will be actually having this discussion, I'm sure, over the course of many episodes this summer. Want to give a big shout out to V Garcia, who's back in the chat room. Big Laker Tom fan right there for you. So he says Magic Man as well. And obviously a big hi to Spencer Young, one of our newest comrades right here at the Lakers Fast Break. If you have any questions for us, LakersFastBreak at Yahoo.com. We want to hear your trade talk, who you think the Lakers should also target free agency and the draft. I will be talking to Rafael Barlow from the Locked On NBA Draft podcast. On Wednesday, we're going to be talking about who won and who lost in the NBA lottery. That's coming up on the 22nd. So that's always great television because they have the build up and you see all the GMs there or whoever they put with the team and they all nervous. As it, yes. I had a question for you. Um, yes. I've been watching a lot of um, um, Oregon uh, games and uh, I'm absolutely in love with uh, Chris, Chris Duarte. He he may be available. He's we're talking lower teens, early twenties for him, right around where the Lakers pick. The only thing is, remember, he is twenty four years old, so he's he's a man competing against boys. So you got to put that in context. How well will this man do when he's playing against other men in the NBA? Very very good shooter in college. So we'll see if that translates to the NBA. But again. What you're seeing is what you're getting with him, and he's the potential. There's there's a very low ceiling for him because he's already right. almost reached it. So what you get for him is somebody that's going to be able to play now 
and play right away for the Lakers as a contributor, like we saw with Boston with Peyton Pritchard. So I guess probably the best way to do it, another Oregon alumni. But the thing is, you're not going to get someone that can develop, someone like a THT over the course of years that may actually grow out to be a better player overall over the course of a career. So it's a give and take. With the Lakers, since they need more win-now players, it might be a genuine possibility. But again, what you see is what you get with Chris Huerta. And we're going to talk about that coming up here with Rafael Barlow on Wednesday. I have on Lakerholics.com already my 30, top 30 right now as far as prospects that are out there. When the lottery is finalized, I will bring out later this week my full mock draft. So you'll be able to check that out at Lakerholics.com. V. Garcia says, ask Laker Tom if we're wearing matching Dudley jerseys next season. Maybe if it's on the other team that he's playing for, because hopefully he won't come back to the Lakers. That's a roster spot that needs to be filled up. And I talked about this. Yes, get the starters all taken care of. Make sure you prioritize that. But don't forget about the back end of the roster and players who may be able to contribute now or in the future. Terrence Mann is an option, like as we saw with the Clippers, Second second round draft picks, someone that they developed, and look what happened there. Not right away, not overnight, but look what happened over the course of a couple of years. You see what happened there. You see how he developed. Those are the type of players you need to start looking at and stop filling up the roster with individuals who you already know so much about, like Jared Dudley and uh, you know Atentacumpo and all the other individuals that really can't give you a good contribution game in and game out from the Lakers or even have a future, a potential with the Lakers. So those are my thoughts on that. But again, we'll wait and see what happens. First and foremost is the front end of the roster. Hi, this is Mr. Holiday from the podcast, My Worst Holiday. And you're listening to the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Hey, Lakers fans. Looking for the best place to go for up-to-date news, information, original videos, articles, podcasts, opinion pieces, and discussions about the Los Angeles Lakers will look no further than Lakerholics.com. With a legion of followers always there talking about everything Lakers and the NBA, there's no better place to go to share your fandom as the team heads toward another championship run. So stop by and be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. Spencer, it's been great having you here, Laker Tom, Magic Man as well. But before we head on out, the Lakers didn't win the championship, so I don't have to wear a Jared Dudley jersey, but I would have loved to. Believe me, I would have I would have done it. I would have worn the Jared Dudley jersey if they would have won, but maybe next year. We'll see. Maybe next year. But Spencer, before we head on out, you've got a great site, medium.com, Basketball University. You've got a great place to go with tremendous articles. I've checked it out already and read a couple. You did one on Jeremy Lin, which is outstanding. You've done another couple on, on LeBron, on the Golden State Warriors. You're really a basketball fan in the know. I want to hear what you think about your site and why people should check it out. Well, thank you for all the compliments. But, uh, yeah, I think uh, I really like to study and watch the game closely. And, you know, I love the history of the game. I love analytics i think so much of sports journalism is just like rankings and you know top five this and top 10 that and um that you know that doesn't really interest me so 
That's why I write really long, um, elaborate articles about <laughs> the nuances of basketball that you really won't see when you Google NBA. You know, like I said, it's a tremendous place to go for excellent in-depth articles. You need to go ahead and check it out, medium.com slash basketball dash university. I know V is upset with my deadly rant, but you know what? I think the Lakers, you, I, wouldn't be surprised. Be back. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he comes back. If, despite what I said, despite it being the wrong move, you know what? The Lakers go cheap. For a $4 billion team, <laughs> they always go cheap at the very back end of the roster. We've seen it time and time Hard again. Cap, Hard cap. Yeah. Great idea, V. He will come back as the head trainer. Jared Dudley will come back as the head trainer. There you go. There you go. But before we head on out, Sean, I know you're doing great work as well. Lakerholics.com. What you got in store for us at Lakerholics.com? Yeah, Gerald, I've, uh, you know, I've been contemplating Tom's problem about. Uh, oh, Tom has many problems. <laughs> He's stupefied, petrified, mortified. That the Andre Drummond, I sign uh, Andre Drummond again. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's a great movie. Um, uh, I I am as well. I look when you look at the free agents available. There are three centers right now who are better at what they do as an old school center than Andre Drummond is. Kodeller, Boban, and Nerlens Noel are all better than what. Andre Drummond can do for the Lakers, and I think any one of those three could be affordable, more so than than what Andre Drummond would demand on the free agent market. So I, I'm looking into just finding Tom center that with, with trying to understand that if we wish it, it's true, and if that doesn't work, I've got a I've got a solution, Tom. Do you remember a few years ago when um, uh, our front office was in disarray and uh, Jeannie and Linda were in charge of um, um, marketing to free agents and had Adam Levine posing a LaMarcus Aldridge jersey? Do you remember that? <laughs> yep. We should... We should Put Andre Drummond's jersey on there and post that. Maybe that will give a little bit of karma. Just, you know what, dude, Dre, thank you for your time in L.A., but we need to go modern and, you know, good luck. It'd be another Timothy Mozgov. (laughs) (sighs) Yeah, don't get me started with that one. And Luol Deng, who we're still paying for for another year. There's another $5 million on the books. Yes, yes, I know. But again, it's only one more year. One more year of Luol Deng's contract. But again, it's the Lakers fast break. We truly appreciate you joining us. Once again, big shout out to V and Albert. Thank you so much for joining us on today's program as well. But before we head on out, Lakerholics.com, the mastermind behind it is Laker Tom. And Laker Tom, I know now that you're back in the saddle, writing once again, what you got planned for us at Lakerholics.com? For me, the big question for the offseason for the Lakers is what direction do they go? Do they go out and, and solve the center problem and get rid of all of the rena centers that they've been living with the last two years? Do they go out and get a 
CJ McCollum or uh, Buddy Heald, uh, an elite volume three-point shooter to replace KCP? Or do they go with a point guard? Do they pursue the, you know, do they pursue Chris Paul or or Kyle Lowry or or do they settle maybe for Derrick Rose and with some of the MLE? I think the direction that the Lakers go, one of those three directions, is going to determine what happens with the other two positions. I mean, if you go out and you sign a Kyle Lowry, you're probably using up all of the bullets that you've got in the trading market. Same thing with Chris Paul. Same thing with C.J. McCollum. If you're able to pull off a deal like that, all you're going to have left is going to be the MLE. And so you're going to have to backfill your the rest of your roster that way. And I happen to believe or be a big believer in the value of the third star. We saw a Brooklyn Nets team that if you if they didn't win this year, you could see the potential that they have as a team to be dominant the next couple of years if they can keep those three guys healthy. And the other thing about it is that there's a certain insurance factor in having a third superstar when everybody else in the league only has two superstars. Because if one of those guys is injured, you've got like an insurance policy to carry you through. Unfortunately, they had one and a half guys injured, so that wasn't enough to get them through this particular time. So I've sort of tempered even my my Andre Drummond feelings that if we could go out there and really bring in, let's say if we could if we could actually go out there and bring in Kyle Lowry and Buddy Heald, I don't care who we have for center. I mean, I'd love for them to go out and get Nerlens Noel or Willie Cauley-Stein or or a guy who's at least maybe not a modern offensive center, but he's a modern defensive center because he can guard the perimeter as well as protect the rim. He can do what Dwight Howard couldn't do, what JaVale McGee couldn't do, what Rudy Gobert couldn't do, which is defend the perimeter. He got They got sent to the bench not because of their offense, but because of their defense, that they couldn't make those rotations and switches when somebody goes small against them. So as much as I love Miles Turner... And at one point in time, I had him just imagining Miles Turner and Anthony Davis locking down the rim against almost every single team. And if they go small, AD just goes to the five. I think you have a core there that not only he's young enough to to be, he's actually younger than Davis is. So you're actually talking about having two stars going forward. He may not be a superstar, but in the role that he plays, if you've ever watched you know, Matt, just remember the game we played against the Pacers. The Pacers defenders were on our guys at the three-point line like no other team because they had Miles Turner to back them up and to, and to block a shot if somebody attacked the rim. But the truth of the matter is, is that it's a guards game today. And if we can fill those guard positions, I'd even be happy with using the MLE on, on Andre Drummond if we had to. You say because that I, now. Well, I say that now. I'm sure I'll complain when that comes up. Oh, yes, but, you will. Uh, I just, but at I any rate, so... Like fan in the universe. I find it so hard to understand the logic of not of not wanting to have a stretch five when you've got LeBron James and Anthony Davis. I mean, why? Why would you want a traditional center, especially a traditional center who, like Gobert, can be played off of the court because he can't defend out at the perimeter line and if you pull him out of the key, he becomes ineffective. I mean, the reason that Gobert got beat all of those times by Terrace Mann and other players 
is because they started they started guarding him out at the out at the three point line. Gobert doesn't have the speed to be able to recover and block a shot in that situation. He doesn't even know which side of the rim the player is going up on. His blocks usually come as a help defender. The big thing for the Lakers is going to be what is going to be the first move. What's the first domino to fall? Is it going to be for a point guard, an elite point guard like like Lowry or like CP3? Is it going to be for a a CJ McCollum or or Buddy Heel to open up the three point game, or is it going to be for a center like Miles Turner or Porzingis? Whichever way we go there will determine that you're using most of your money for that particular position, and then the question becomes. You do your best as you can to fill those other two starting roles. But I'm convinced that it's the starting lineup that has to be improved on the Lakers, not the other role players. When you're the Lakers and you're a championship caliber team and you've got LeBron James and Anthony Davis, you can find a lot of guys who will play for the minimum from the sixth position all the way up to the 15th position on the team. What we can't do is go out there with three of our starting positions being guys who would not start on any of our major competitors. That's a sure sign of how you lose. So when they talk about the role players and what the Lakers need, it really should be focusing on who else is going to start next year. Because the guys who did it this year aren't good enough to win it outside of the bubble. I'll tell you what, B. Garcia said it best. The best Father's Day gift ever is a Laker Tom Sermon. That's right. Straight from the soapbox right there for you. He got so mad he was banging on the microphone as he was going off on the sermon. But you tell you what, great to have him there. Well, that he will see that he will see more than one jersey from the best 15th man in the league next year if he's re-signed. Oh, my gosh. My eyes are rolling again. Your fixation, you two, on Jared Dudley never ceases to amaze me. Never ceases to amaze me. It may have been Jared Dudley's injury that derailed us this year in the end. Oh, dear God, help me. But anyways, all right. (laughs) Guys, I think that's the cue. Again, to all the fathers out there, happy Father's Day weekend. V. Garcia, we wish you a tremendous week. I will be back on Wednesday afternoon to tape a Thursday show with me and Rafael Barlow from the Locked On NBA Draft Podcast, where we'll talk the NBA playoffs and, of course, the favorite thing we like to talk about, the NBA lottery winners and losers. So we'll talk about that. Friday, we'll be back with another show. Guys, we'll be talking more Lakers subjects. Spencer, you're most welcome to come back now each and every time, although I hope, I hope, I hope we didn't scare you off with Laker Tom on the sermon or Magic Man talking about Lakers history until, you know, the sun doesn't rise. But I tell you what, right now, it's just great to have you both here. But any last thoughts, Spencer, on the way out? Thanks for having me on. This was great. It's great having you on as well. Magic Man, any last thoughts on the way out? Golden Knights, baby. Golden uh, Knights. Yeah, we're, we're, I think uh, I think you'll leave the series tonight, Gerald. That's uh, looking like a meat grinder. Going back. Uh, we have Robin forth. Leonard in a goal. He only gave up seven goals last time. I don't know. We'll <laughs> see. We'll see. You're uh, concerned. My final thoughts are, uh, and this is kind of a side, but the last two years have been very hard on, you know, all of us. Um, but I think it's especially hit really hard home for Rob Polinka. He's been thrust into a position he 
obviously felt he was ready for, but his his successor at the time thought he needed another year. His best friend dies in a helicopter crash. One thing I would like to see, and it might not happen this year, is that uh, Rob Polinka stays as vice president, but I'd really like to see Jesse Buss thrust into the GM role. He's really busted his tail. As Pardon far as the pun. Career development goes. <laughs> yes, uh, but we'll see. I'd also like to see somebody brought in from the outside that has a fresh perspective to hopefully help and guide the team more, especially in the analytics and also salary cap management. I like to see maybe that take place as well, because, you know, right now when you're talking about a team that is close to the hard cap as the Lakers are, you need to fine tune every single penny that you can get. So please, if you can go ahead and bring someone that knows what they're doing from the outside to help Rob Palenka, I'm not asking to replace Rob Palenka. I'm not asking what's going on with bringing someone in that's an analytics, that's a gambler that's going to go ahead and take over the franchise like we're seeing in Dallas. That's not what I'm asking, but someone to go ahead and can give Rob the help that he needs to go ahead and build a championship franchise once again. We'll wait and see. But you know Laker Tom, you know Spencer, and you know Magic Man are going to share their thoughts this summer, and hopefully they'll be able to do it right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. 